Hi there, listeners. Welcome to Random Talks of Kindness, a.k.a. Group Therapy for America. Because sharing isn't just about caring. It has the power to bring us closer together. I'm Monica O'Leary-Singh, and this is Random Talks of Kindness. Hello, listeners. As part of my series, The Pandemic Experience, I'm interviewing people to share their stories of this unique situation. Today, we're going to discuss a variety of subjects, including a new phrase I learned yesterday, the Suffering Olympics. We're also going to talk about utilizing this time to use the tools you have at home, at your disposal to develop or continue your business, whatever that might be, and just in general, how my guest is managing this experience. Today, my guest is Connie Pastorius. She is health and wellness coach for busy New York City moms, world adventurer in search of waves to surf and coffee to sip, and mama to one toddler and two rescue dogs. Connie, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Monica. It's good to be here. I'd like to start off by just talking about what is your current situation? Uh, My current situation, I am living at the center of all activity in Queens, New York City. I have an apartment with my husband, like I said, like you mentioned, two dogs and a one and a half year old daughter. And uh, we have been working from home since, uh, I've been working from home since long before this happened, but my husband joined me uh, at the start of this uh, almost a month ago. And we have been managing in our tiny apartment with the amenities that we have and all the time that we have to share together. (laughs) Well, I've been um, seeing how you're spending some of the time and I think that uh, you are a great example of how to make lemonade out of uh, lemons sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I've definitely been, like I said, I've been working from home for uh, over, over three years now, I think, roughly since I moved to New York City. And this is basically my, all the time, this is my normal work day, uh, but the workload has amplified because now a, a lot of people that I see and, and know and work with uh, are scrambling to figure out how to make working from home and living from home work. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute and ask you to give us some advice and some examples of how you do manage all of that. Um, but I want to, um, as we as we dive into your pandemic experience, um, you shared something on a Facebook Live uh, conversation yesterday regarding a phrase I had never heard before, uh, but really uh, hit a chord with me. And you called it the Suffering Olympics. Um, and that's something that um, many of my guests may never have heard of. Can you explain what that is a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm, they haven't necessarily heard that phrase, but I'm sure almost everybody has experienced it. Uh, basically, the idea is you are having a conversation with somebody for example, you need to vent that you're having a rough day for reasons A, B, and C, uh, and you're hoping for some kind of empathy, some some shoulder to lean on, or just getting it out, getting it out there. And the way the conversation continues is that person comes back with a response of, oh, you think you have it hard. Well, I am living a hard life because reasons D through Z. 
and constant it's this constant uh, feeling of one-upsmanship in a conversation to the point where you feel like you either feel like your feelings aren't validated because this person's suffering more or you feel guilt because you shouldn't feel so bad because somebody else has it worse off than you. And that was a conversation that I felt was really important and timely right now uh, because uh, there's so many levels of struggle and difficulty and emotional stress that uh, it's important that everybody, no matter what situation they're in, their feelings are validated and that they are allowed to feel those things, no matter uh, what the situation is for someone else. That is exactly why I'm doing this podcast. Um, these special interviews is that exact thing because I totally agree with you and I I find this challenging myself when I was going through some um, difficult times people would often say to me oh but so and so or oh look at that oh look at those people over there they they're in such a worse situation than you or that person over there had this terrible thing happen and it made me feel like my pain wasn't real, that it, it was like all in my head or that it was not good enough. My pain wasn't good enough in comparison. Some people think that, oh, well, if you compare to somebody else, that it makes you feel better. For some people, that works. For some people, that does work. For me, it just made me feel worse. It made me feel like, oh, well, my pain is stupid. My pain isn't real or my, my suffering or my hardship or whatever it was, my my worries and woes all of a sudden seemed um, make made up and like stupid and ridiculous. And that made everything worse. It, it made me feel even more terrible than to say, be able to express what's going on and ha have somebody just say, yeah, you know what? That sucks. For you in your situation, that sucks. And yeah. For sure. And this comes up uh, constantly in the parenting world. And in my own experience, um, my family, for whatever reason, to no fault of their own, but my family, uh, we were all raised, I think, in this like competitive, uh, this unintentionally competitive uh, conversation method where, uh, so I'm the baby of three kids and my siblings, uh, now they had kids before me. So my baby is the sixth grandchild and they're all six and under. So this all happened very fast. But, uh, you know, I just experienced the first one and a half years of parenting. But for my sister and for my sister-in-law and my brother, uh, you know, having a conversation with them about, how the first year was so hard to get over because you never know how how functional you have to be on such little sleep or or you know everything that has to do with parenting especially in the first year especially living far away from from any family like we do here in New York um, the response is always oh well just wait till you have two kids it's it's twice as worse or wait till you wait till they hit three years old or, you know, completely shrugging off the fact that I am in a situation where I am struggling, may have, uh, you know, bouts of postpartum depression, maybe actively reaching out for someone to help me or to tell me that this is okay or that I'll get past it. Uh, but they completely blow over uh, those kind of red flags and just say, this isn't bad. This is bad. 
and and that's something that's difficult with moms and and women and, and you know all parents because we're not we're not being told like hey it's okay uh, or the people who we believe are our support systems, especially family members or friends, uh, they're not giving us the support that we are seeking, uh, which can further snowball into the postpartum depression uh, situation and, and issues and problems um, and continue to have us sit in these negative feelings without being able to process them because shame on us, right, for having these feelings. Uh, and this is something that, that ends up popping up whenever I do work with my clients who are mostly moms, either prenatal or postpartum to some level, is they have absorbed all those feelings of uh, their pain not being validated or their struggle isn't as bad as somebody else's. So they have trouble uh, feeling successful or they have trouble understanding how to have a conversation where they're only saying good things about themselves. So this, like you said, it ripples, but not in a, in a, in a way that is productive and is healthy. Exactly. And we're, this, this conversation layers on two things because it's layering on the parenting and motherhood experience and that also right now, that experience is layered on top of this pandemic experience that's commingling. Because right now, people are trying to manage being a mother or a father, whoever, whatever position you have. Let's, we're just mother, so we're, I'm going to use that term. But being a mother, being a caregiver, maybe being a wife, being somebody who's trying to work also at home, and then just those normal emotions, those normal difficult emotions of juggling all of that, and then layered on top restrictions due to um, quarantining or due to food or due to lack of money because of job loss um, or trying to work from home. And, you know, ah, you know what, I have to, you know, what? I, I owe my sister an apology, actually. Because the other day, I was frustrated with her because she's having challenges with her job and I was frustrated because she has a really secure job and I dismissed her and I I owe her an apology for that because I I didn't give her enough empathy that even though she has a job that parts of it still are difficult and she still has a right and and opportunity to vent she needed to vent you know, and um, and I was just frustrated because our, our business is sort of imploding at the moment. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I did not validate her feelings and I need to uh, recognize that. Um, and so that that's what I I think is so fascinating about what you're talking about, that suffering Olympics, this competitive nature, because even right now. So I was reading as so many of us are doing, either reading something or watching TV regarding um, people who are infected by um, the COVID-19 virus. And this morning, I, I read some articles that were just breaking my heart. And I knew you and I were going to have this podcast conversation, and I'm up here in um, the countryside, and my heart was breaking for my 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 city in, in New York. And I was like, how am I going to have this conversation with Connie about 
building a business or, you know, managing things and doing the best you can to keep your business alive or go online or work from home when there is so much hardship going on. And I, I came, kept coming back to this, this idea, this suffering Olympics, that they're, they can both, they both coexist, right? Our experience, your experience, whatever that is, my experience, whatever that is, the nurses and doctors, the patients, the family members, all of these experiences coexist and they are all valid. And even though I'm, I'm part of me is like, oh, how can we talk about this stuff? It's still, it's still valid. It's still real, right? I mean, how do you handle that yourself, Connie? Uh, yeah, it's, it hasn't been roses and butterflies for me by any stretch. <laughs> um, and and yeah, I, I similarly was reading uh, a post from a local mom of her experience and people she was checking in on, and it it was a reality check for me because again my my reality here, safe in my home, is is very different than what's going on two blocks away, um, two hundred miles away, wherever. And I was also like. I was brought to tears because this is real and, and it, and it just like hit me at one point after a very long day and, uh, and my emotions towards that. And, and, and things did bubble up about how, like, how dare I, you know, complain about anything whenever ambulances can't take sick people to hospitals anymore because there's no room or, or any of the other plethora of sadness and hard things that are going on. Um, but what's important is that I'm, I'm not comparing, um, because I'm, I'm not a doctor on the front lines, even though I'm not uh, a nurse, an ambulance driver, uh, I, am I can't help in those ways that are very immediate and very life threatening. Um, I keep asking myself, how can I help? And, uh, something that pops into my head a lot is from Mr. Rogers neighborhood. I'm, so I'm from Pittsburgh. I was born and raised in Pittsburgh and that's where Mr. Rogers neighborhood took place. And he had this segment, uh, about looking for the helpers. Whenever you're, uh, you know, explaining a scary, uh, situation to a child, uh, that happens on the news, for example, uh, you, uh, Mr. Rogers was explaining that you look for the helpers. Look, look at the people that are helping the situation. And that's something that, that keeps coming back to me because I can't go into the hospital and pick up, uh, you know, pick up how to be a nurse in 10 minutes, but I can ask myself, how can I help? How can I provide service to the neighborhood? And my solution was having these conversations with people who feel like they, for example, want to, they want to be working out. They feel like they're, they're feeling guilt for not working out and they should be because they, they in the back of their minds know that eating healthy is good for you. Exercise is good for you. Um, but they are compiling stress and guilt by not doing it. They're actually making it worse. So how I'm helping is providing either uh, alternatives if they can't work out in a gym by working out at home, giving them tips and hints on how to make meal prepping at home easy if they've been ordering out or eating in the city uh, often, um, or just telling them flat out, if you can't work out now, then don't worry about it. Like, 
this is coming from a personal trainer. I'm telling you, you don't have to exercise if, you, if you're not ready. Uh, so I've been coping and I've been handling the situation by putting myself at the level where I can help the most people. Um, and uh, on, like, on a similar note that isn't like related to fitness at all, I used to own a baking business and I had this giant container of yeast in my fridge, dry activated yeast. And I kept seeing posts about moms who can't find yeast in the grocery stores anywhere. So a week ago, I posted in all caps on one of the mom groups in, in the neighborhood, I have lots of yeast <laughs> and just wrote, if you need yeast, I will put a quarter cup in a bag, put it on my front porch and tell you my address. Just drop me a message. And I've had like 15 moms message me like, oh, wow. you saved my day. I wanted to make hot crust buns for Easter. Like, this is awesome. I cook for my daughter because like I bake for my daughter because she has allergies and this was like a lifesaver. And, and I'm, I'm not in a hospital. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saving lives and, and doing like the most, um, you know, noble sacrifice, but I'm, I'm helping moms live and, and have that little bit of joy and that little bit of support. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm just constantly asking, how can I help? And, and, the, and then I'm listening. And I think that is a, a great thing to remind everybody is that we may not be nurses or doctors or paramedics, but the fact of the matter is we as a society and as a global, as a global society, as a global citizenship, we all have to band together and keep lifting each other up because if we just listen to the bad stuff and if we just focus on the sadness, um, it's it's not helpful for this our, our entire humanity. And so whatever we can do to help each other just day-to-day living, that is humanity. And whether you're living in, um, in Queens or living in North Dakota, just reaching out to neighbors, just taking care of your family, making phone calls to whomever you can, just, just keeping society going and loving and caring and putting that love and care and light into the world is essential and it is a way for all of us to help no matter who we are no matter what our mental strengths are because you know people who may have some mental um health issues right now might really be struggling but even if you're really struggling it may feel good to just reach out and help somebody else just even through the internet just even social media writing up a a nice comment on somebody else's page writing a nice little message to somebody else uh, on, on Facebook Messenger or on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Just even those small things can help everybody feel better. Um, and I think what you're doing... So let's dive into a little bit about what you actually do as a professional. You were just sharing a little bit. You've been um, a chef um, and a baker, um, but you have your focus right now is mostly um, health and wellness. And you do a lot of it but even before this, you were doing it part in person and part virtual. Can you share your knowledge about working from home, about building your business online, about just like going for it? Because um, I've been seeing your post and I have been so impressed and so like, go, go, go. Um, <laughs> because it does take putting yourself out there and you're doing it. And I give you kudos because uh, like we said, this is a difficult time for everything. And so just to put yourself out there and go for it 
is great. Can you share with us what helps you propel, propels you to do that and what helps you get through the day to make you think, all right, tomorrow, how am I going to approach this? Because a lot of other people are at home trying to figure out, you know, my business is XYZ. How can I transfer this online? Um, can you share a little bit? I can share. It depends how much time you got. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So real quick background. I've been in the fitness industry for 10 years. I went to college. I got my degree in health science and wellness. Like this is my, uh, you know, fitness and health is my wheelhouse. And like I said, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh and I moved to New York City three years ago. And whenever I moved here, I did not want to start from scratch again. And for a personal trainer that's uh, working at gyms, working at uh, health clubs, uh, commuting back and forth all throughout the city, like this city is terrifying to somebody who hasn't lived here before. And I was like afraid to get on the, even the subway uh, from the beginning. So I, I looked at alternatives and I found an online trainer certification, which basically taught uh, taught people like me how to transition my business uh, into an online entity. And so I had been building this online presence and online fitness, fitness and coaching business for the last three years. Um, since I became a mom, I decided to narrow down my um, my client base to busy New York City moms in the neighborhood because those are the people I want to help, people like me who live uh, in a really unique city that's different from living in other cities and other parts of the world uh, because this is where I've excelled um, with all of my skills as a trainer, as a coach, with um, you know working out, with managing life as a mom. So I had developed this hybrid coaching business where I'd meet my clients uh, once a month. We would do in-person fitness assessments. We would set goals. We would do testing, uh, you know, the kind of stuff that you get with a personal trainer in a gym. But what you get that's so much more is uh, you get me for the rest of the month. So during that month, I not only write your customized workout plan based on the equipment you have, the time you have, uh, what your actual goals are that we that we work on together so that they're actually realistic, that you can actually achieve them. But throughout the rest of the month, I'm that accountability buddy that you uh, text whenever you finish your workout, text me pictures of your food. If you ever, you know, a lot of people feel like uncomfortable saying the good stuff, saying the achievements uh, that they do, uh, especially online. And this, this does tie in with the suffering Olympics because, um, you know, on the other end of that, we almost were so comfortable with commiserating over how crappy our lives are, but it's so uncomfortable to, um, to say what you're doing well because it almost sounds like bragging or we're accustomed to hear that you're bragging about going to the gym three days this week or losing five pounds in the last month. Um, and you can, I'm sure you can already think in your mind, like what these conversations normally sound like, Oh, you lost five pounds last week or last month. Um, I think I ate five pounds in uh, cheeseburgers and ice cream last weekend. Like it's, it's such a comfortable conversation. So what I do as a coach is I'm that person that you say these good things and you learn how to, uh, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and see beautiful things and, and see love for yourself. Um, That's going to be refreshing what, for everyone. It's, it's actually very hard and it can be very emotional. Um, and I'll talk about that in a minute. 
because uh, it's a really important part of what I do. But um, what, what you don't get in a gym with your personal trainer is you don't get a chance to talk about the actual barriers in your life that prevent you from regularly uh, achieving your goals or regularly working out. So I work with clients who, uh, for example, one of my clients, an executive assistant, and she literally has felt she came to me with zero time in her day to exercise, but she gained weight after having two babies and she didn't know how to get, how to get it off and how to feel good about herself again. So I said, do you literally, do you have 10 minutes at the end of your day after your kids go to bed? And she's like, okay, I'll try. So her workout is five days a week, 10 minutes a day, and then one, one and a half hour workout on the weekends. So working with uh, a people's situation one-on-one so that they, their workouts can fit into the life that they have now, because New Yorkers, we have no time. We have no free time, especially as moms, especially as entrepreneurs uh, trying to make our business work now, especially since we're also school teachers. So, um, what I do works with behavior change and habit change more than just giving you workouts. So uh, that's what they do. That's what people, yeah, that's what people get when they hire me. It's so much more than just the workouts. And and that's what I've been doing with my job is explaining uh, in that online field that you can get this fitness coach that helps you actually live a healthy life in every aspect of your life that you need help with. I think that is awesome. Um, the accountability buddy, uh, that right there is amazing. And then being able to share those positive things and have somebody that's going to be a motivator, not a commiserator, is something that's unique. And and the fact that, like you said, because part of it's online or virtual, it's not a time commitment to always to come to your studio or a time commitment for somebody um, uh, an hour here, an hour there that they just don't have. Uh, but you can have these conversations with them and and make a difference in their whole life, the, the totality of their life, not just a workout routine. I think that must be impressive to watch the changes for people. It makes my job like the best job in the world. Uh-huh. And And what's important that people learn or that they figure out is that uh, they try so people try to like reel their husbands in or reel their spouse into like okay lose weight with me or let's get on a workout plan together uh, but their partner shouldn't be their accountability if they're not uh, if they're not mentally on the same readiness to change level uh, because then you start leaning on that person and if they're like, nah, I'm going to get pizza tonight, you can't be like, no, but you're supposed to be with me. And, and then that adds an extra level of stress to your relationship. And same with friends. Uh, if, if, you're, if you and your friend aren't on the same level of ready to make these changes, your friend's going to be like, hey, that was a really cool gym session. Let's go get bottomless mimosas and, and eat donuts. And, and that's like, that's not a healthy um like that reward system kind of thing where like you, uh, you know, you do something healthy, but then you reward yourself with uh, really unhealthy behavior because you quote earned it is a really not productive way to go about living healthy. Uh, so having the right person, having that right person to, to be accountable to and to have that support, um, it's, it's, like, it's like a therapist for your fitness goals basically. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's exactly what we need for our fitness goals cuz 
so much of fitness probably is mental health. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I, what I see a lot of is uh, people jumping on, uh, you know, try this app for free for six weeks. I mean, that's, I'm sure that's filled everybody's Facebook feeds, like all these workout programs, all these workout apps and, you know, fitness programs are free for so much time for whatever, two weeks or however. Um, but people realize maybe they try it once and then they're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> or they're not they're not financially invested or they don't realize until it's too late that like it wasn't the workouts that they needed it's the systems that they need uh reassessed and redesigned for them and, and that's where i come in and how do you juggle this with um with having your one and a half year old around and and trying to um and your husband's working from home how are you juggling your business and that well, a big breakthrough for, for me and my husband and my toddler was me getting a chalkboard out and literally writing our meeting schedule every single day. Because <laughs> what I ended up doing, I have the worst, not the worst, but I have like, I have chronic mom brain. So if I ask a question, like, when do you have your meetings today to my husband? And he says, one o'clock and four o'clock. I'll ask him the same question like 20 minutes later because it didn't register. So, um, um, ever since my daughter was born, my husband worked from home no less than one day a week. So we started, uh, we started about a year and a half ago learning how to work at home together because it's very different when your husband is also your coworker <laughs> uh, and, they're, and you're both doing two very different jobs most of the time. So what we do is we discuss, you know, the night before, hey, what do you have going on tomorrow? And then we kind of just verbally plan out, okay, well, I have this phone call at this time. I need the room to be clear. And I record videos in my living room, workout room. So I need the room to be clear. Um, and then we write out on our little chalkboard, like, this is the, this is the times that we have. This is the room it needs to be in so that we know the other person can watch our daughter uh, or we decide, so my daughter naps once a day these days, um, and that is usually our workout time. So for him and me, we established a long time ago that exercising is a priority in our lives, so we make time for it. So whenever our daughter's napping is the, the main period of time where we'll get our exercise in. Uh, so either I'll do my own thing uh, in my room, uh, in my workout room, or we do uh, we started doing martial arts together. Um, because he, his main exercise uh, program was going to a local martial arts school, uh, and he'd been doing that for the last year, and he loves it, but uh, he can't really do it so much by himself. So I said, why don't you teach me for once? And then he became the instructor, and he taught me, he's teaching me these, um, you know, martial arts moves, and it's a really fun, it's a really fun relationship building uh, activity, by the way. Um, but we prioritize, we, we, we really communicate we, I mean, I've been married to my husband since 2011, and we went through a lot of rough patches. Uh, we've, I'm very comfortable with talking about our, you know, going through therapy together, going through therapy separately, but really laying out what was important in our relationship and both being willing to change and to, to step up. So we learned these communication skills and how we communicate best a long time ago so that when we're in this kind of situation where we are with each other 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we, uh, we know that we have to have conversations and they have to be productive and they can't be at the, at the end of the day when we're dead tired. 
It's a really good <laughs> Big point. asterisk at that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. It, 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 it has to be conversations when you have some energy. And I love your idea of either the chalkboard or somebody could use a whiteboard or even just a, a big piece of paper um, that you write out every day. Um, that is a really good point because uh, I, I had to do something similar, but not with my husband because he's not with us, but I had to do it with my son uh, because mm-hmm. for the first three weeks that we were together, I was putting everybody ahead of myself and I was, I was trying to give Jagger a lot of self, a lot of alone time when my daughter was napping. And then I realized that when my daughter was napping, I need to be able to do stuff for me, like this podcast. She's napping right now. Um, and that I need him to watch shows when I need alone time. Um, and so I had to totally switch things around. But what I did was he and I sat down with a big piece of paper and, you know, talked about what would work for us. And, you know, yes, I, I was guiding the conversation to what I wanted it to be. Um, <laughs> but for me, my son, like now he gets it. Like Lila goes to nap. Mommy, it's going to be mommy alone time. It's going to be Jagger alone time. Jagger needs to find something to do. And mommy's going to go do her thing, whether it's doing the work for our, our business or whether it's trying to do this podcasting stuff or whether it's making a phone call to um, my neighbor or, or a family member. Um I had to actually write it down. And I, I think you're right that that is, uh, no pun intended, I think we actually have to put it in some sort of format so that everybody, whether it's a husband or wife or kids, everybody knows what the schedule is because usually we're all doing our own schedules. The kids are in school during their own schedule. You know, Jagger doesn't know that when he's not home, I'm usually on my computer. He doesn't know that. He's in school. And all of a sudden now he's like, mommy, play, mommy, play. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm normally doing things when you're at school, you know? Um, so I think that's something that we can all uh, adopt from what you're talking about and the communication too, that um, everyone needs to be communicating. I-, I told my husband that it's like we're, in, we're a teenage uh, boyfriend, girlfriend again, because we're having these long conversations on the phone Um but we are making the mistake that you just reminded me not to make because we're having the conversations at night. And I think you're right. I need to move those conversations to like in the morning when he and I can have a few minutes to talk in the morning. That's a very good point. And I'm going to try that, switch that tonight and seeing how it feels. Yeah, that um, that that's something else that I, well, first of all, I love that you brought your, your son into your, um, your planning and, and scheduling. I think that's a really cool way to teach um, boundaries and respect and and systems that are they're they're loose, but but it's a way for them to see like I don't know, just a different alternative to like okay, now it's time for this. Okay, it's now time for that. Instead of you demanding and commanding him all the time, that you get to say like, all right, let's let's decide what the day looks like. So I think that's really cool, and I, and I really look forward to whenever my daughter's a little bit older to to integrate her into those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, so decision fatigue, and we could probably even have just an entire other podcast about that. Yeah, um, we might have to do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Even when we were talking about when to record this podcast, and and nighttime is is not a good time for me because my brain is just done. <laughs> And and this is a, that's something that I, I work with my clients on because if if you aren't prepared 
for example, to make your dinner at the end of a long day, you're going to order seamless because it's just throw your hands up in the air. You just had a long day. Um, and, and being proactive and, and making the right decisions at the right time is a huge factor in, um, in, in feeling organized and actually getting the things done that you want to get done. Yeah, I had to make that switch um, because I would always leave grocery shopping to the afternoon. And then, like you said, I was too tired to decide what we were going to have for dinner. And so I'd go grocery shopping and then we'd end up eating out anyway. And I had to move grocery <laughs> shopping to, I'd drop my son off, put my daughter in the Bjorn. We'd, we'd, we, we, would, we would take the stroller because I needed it to carry the groceries. <laughs> but my, my daughter would be in the Bjorn on me. And I would take the stroller, I'd drop him off at school, and I'd go grocery shopping in the morning and decide what we were having for dinner in the morning. And I'd only started this like maybe four months ago because I, my husband and I kept getting sort of angry with each other because I couldn't decide what for dinner and he would call at the end of the day and he was tired and he just wanted me to make have a decision made and we'd go back and forth and oh, it was a mess. And then mm -hmm. I started, I, I learned exactly what you said and I was like, I'm too tired in the afternoon to go grocery shopping and decide what we're going to have. I need to switch the timing. And it really did right. work. It made a big difference. Yeah. And that's all it takes sometimes is, is the awareness, the self-awareness of what's not working and the ability to uh, change. And, and in some cases, it takes another person to point out like, hey, you say you're doing this at this time of day. It sounds like it's not working. Like, what if we did this instead? It, it takes sometimes like a third party to to point it out to you to be like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, totally right, though. I think it takes a third party a lot of times because um, it's it's hard to see something when you're in the midst of it. Uh, and I think that that's a big challenge for everybody right now during this pandemic is that we're all literally in the midst of it. Whatever our situation is, we're in the midst of it, just living it day by day. And, you know, I those first three weeks, I was making mistakes just just because I was going day by day and I was trying to make decisions that I thought were the best. But um, when I talked to some friends, they were making suggestions for something better. And uh, even yesterday, oh my gosh, I called my godmother to check on her. And um, I was telling her, she was talking about the fact that now she can sleep nine to 10 hours, um, which for her is, is due to a, a, a health condition. But I was like, she was like, oh, I bet you'd love to sleep nine to 10 hours. I was like, I would. And we were talking about sleep things. And I said, you know, the problem right now is my son's bunny keeps falling out of his out of the bed he's sleeping in at, at my at his grandparents house. And she started making some suggestions and a light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, oh, my God, this is remediable. Remediable. Is that a word? Um, I was like, I can fix this. And last night I moved the mattresses to the other bed where there's a wall two walls supporting him and um, this little bed thing. And I was like, oh, my God. And last night, Bunny did not fall. Jagger did not wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning searching for Bunny. And it was a home run. <laughs> but it, it took four weeks and a third party to point out that I could make a change. <laughs> and that's, that is like a, the perfect example of uh, empathetic conversations and, and having conversations that are constructive instead of 
you know, what we started this conversation with was the, is the suffering Olympics because easily uh, you could have been having, you could have been one-upped with, with more problems or you could have felt like, I mean, the bunny is, it's not really that much of a problem, so I really shouldn't complain about it. But, but having uh, these conversations with each other that lead to solutions and lead to feeling supported. Uh, so that's like, that's an amazing like anecdote about how, and how to do it right. And you're right. Cause <laughs> she has, uh, she has some major health issues and you're right. I could have, I could have, she could have dismissed me or, you know, I, I could have not brought it up because I was too embarrassed to, to complain about a bunny. And you're right. She, <laughs> she, we met each other in the middle and we both shared openly and it, it works so amazing. I'm so, I have to call her today and tell her because I was so excited when he woke up this morning and he said, did I sleep well last night? And I said, yes, yes, you did. And then we went down to the bed and he oh. pointed out where Bunny was. And he goes, look, Bunny didn't fall out. I said, no, Bunny didn't fall out. We were so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the thing. You know what? In this this crazy pandemic world we're in right now, like that small thing gave me joy and I have to just embrace that that small ridiculous little thing if that brings me joy and that makes him and me laugh then that spreads a ripple into the world of laughter and joy and each one of us can have that in our homes even if whatever situation we're in even if we just have a little laugh have a little moment play whatever it is um sing dance uh, play, do some uh, martial arts with your husband. Um, <laughs> all of these things, they they help support society. They help support each other in this really difficult situation. And that leads me. I like to wrap up my conversations, Connie, with asking what um, what you'd like your ripple in life to be, um, whether it's your whole life or whether it's just during this pandemic. How would you like your positive ripples to be experienced in the world? So we talked a little bit about this already, um, but I I have this this interesting little like story that leads me up to it. Um, so my neighbor uh, here has been in New York City all her adult life, and and she's like a mom to me. I love her so much. Um, Unfortunately, she's been in California for all this taking care of her mom, so I've I've been missing her terribly. But um, a while ago, before all this, I would I, I'd be sitting in her kitchen having coffee with her, and she would be telling me these fantastical stories about uh, New York City in the times of uh, Hurricane Sandy and uh, our Superstorm Sandy, or after 9/11, or after the blackout, and she would tell me these stories about how. The city completely stopped, but people banded together and New Yorkers have this amazing power of like grouping together and, and having solidarity for their city and love for their city in, in times that are like really difficult like this that you know that unite us. And I would and I would sit there in amazement like it was such a faraway concept that never in my life I would experience this kind of thing. And it has such high entertainment value for me. And then here we are. <laughs> so throughout like all the craziness that's going on, I have never ever seen more um, selfless willingness to help than I than any other experience in my life than than anywhere else in the world that I've seen. New York City 
even just the neighborhood and the mom groups and the conversations and the way it's changed um, to see moms volunteering their money for, for other moms who are struggling to volunteer uh, grocery trips when they're needed. Um, you know, me giving out yeast and people asking for like, have you seen the lines with this grocery store? How is it? Or, or anything, anything people ask for. Um, other moms stepping up. So my ripple effect that I want to continue beyond this is that mentality of how can I help? How can I help without needing anything in return? Because it gets paid forward and I've seen it. And, and it's an amazing feeling to feel so much of a part of something. Uh, in, in my yoga practice, so I, we didn't talk about this much, but my specialty is yoga. So uh, in, in yoga practice, we talk about chakras, and in the base one, at the one at the very bottom, is groundedness, and it talks about feeling where, uh, feeling that you belong where you are, and that you have the right to be where you are. And um, I spent a lot of time in my life struggling with with even getting that chakra <laughs> taken care of, like number one. Uh, and then I became a mom here, and I started to feel like a part of this mom group. And then this happened, this pandemic happened, and then I felt like I was in the right place to help uh, the people in my neighborhood. So I've never felt more grounded in where I belong and that feeling of belonging and being able to help and, and being able to pass my skills and what I have forward. That's the ripple effect that I want to, that I want to leave. So that's probably a long answer to a short question. There it is. That's a beautiful answer. <laughs> and we welcome you to that New York city um, family, because it may be a big dysfunctional family, but uh, New York City is one <laughs> amazing place. Uh, and I got goosebumps just listening to your story because um, I love New York more than anything. Um, and most people don't get to, well, we don't like to experience the bad stuff, but uh, don't don't get to experience that the community is so amazing and deep and it is there. Um, and so, yeah, that's great. Um, before we, uh, end our conversation, can you share with us, um, your website and your social media handles? Because, uh, people may want to, um, get in touch with you because you do have a lot of wonderful things going on, whether it's on Facebook or other social media. Can you share that information? Yeah, super simple. Uh, ConniePastorius.com. My name spelled out. And my Instagram handle is at ConniePastorius. <laughs> Keeping it, keeping it easy. <laughs> Good. And I will post those on my website as well. So, Connie, thank you very much for talking and sharing with us today. Thank you for inviting me, Monica. It was a delight. I'm Monica O'Leary Singh. Thanks for tuning in to Random Talks of Kindness. To keep up with all our episodes, remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Visit randomtalksofkindness.com for bonus materials and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Talks of Kindness. We'd love to hear from you.